Welcome to the Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Sure is good to be with you on the Advertising Show here, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising show, a big radio midgets production. Uh, great guest this week, uh, as always. Oh, they're all great, right? Uh, Peter Krieg is our special guest. Uh, actually, Peter is spending the weekend in Cape Cod. Uh, Peter is co-author of Your Gut is Still Not Smarter Than Your Head. And uh, we, we need to get our take in on that, too, as well, Brad. So, yeah, uh, Your Gut is Still Not Smarter Than Your Head. We'll find out what that's all about in just a moment. Along with uh, just uh, being moments away from uh, Jeffrey Gittimer's uh, How to Get Around Low-Level People. That's not to say that low-level people are mm, not your best ones to talk to. Well, or they should be nice people and everything, but the high-level people is what you want. Uh, that's our sales trainer, Jeffrey. And we also have Patrick Meyer on a little bit later on, Marketing Insider. And uh, build a series. What well, he's talking about a series, an episodic-type uh, advertising campaign. So we'll have him uh, momentarily as well. So that's that. How are you doing? Well, doing great. Uh, and should, it, would it be now a good time? Peter is in the green room, and he's listening into our opening uh, opening segment here. Would this be a he good time to mention? Back. Sorry? He can't talk back at this point. Well, it's yeah. the way we like most of our guests leading up to the interview. But yeah. uh, this might be a good time to mention the new book we have out uh, coming out here soon, Your Gut is Still Not Bigger than your head and it's a diet book we've <laughs> yeah. talked about this a lot here we've on the actually show. renamed this book it's a second edition the first one was uh uh what was the first one called i the, forget the best the world's best diet, diet is that what it was okay. yeah, yeah exactly. so do you so want to it's on it's, it's a two-page book it's eat less eat less is, is on page one and then you go to a new chapter and the new chapter is entitled exercise more exercise what more and then you have now? Praise for uh, the new book, which is, you know, all the Jack LaLanne and uh, Jack LaLanne. other people that are still alive. Jack is juicing these days. He's yes, he juicing. is. And LaLanne. Watch LaLanne. me. And Lane, uh, Elaine, Elaine LaLanne. LaLanne, yes. Yes. Yeah. He had to marry her with a name like that. Hey, you know, before the show on my way to the studio, uh, somebody was telling me, and I would not realized this, I guess, until they kind of summed it all up, Geico has... You know, we have the caveman campaign, but when you really right. think about it, maybe it was just like Joe Sixpack telling me this because he's not in our business, but he said, do you realize they have three ad campaigns? I said, well, I know they have two, yeah, the Geico do. caveman, and sure. you get the Geico Geico gecko, gecko. Yeah. and then the third one, which is the celebrity person that clarifies what the other person is trying to say, if mm-hmm. you remember that, like Little Richard's on one of them and oh, some yeah, others. exactly. And, you know, we're all for keeping campaigns fresh, and, and we think it's a great idea. But had a, must three had a camp- great yeah. budget. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we what do you think do of that? We want to do something that's never been done before, and we're willing to spend the bucks for it. Right. So that's what we're going to do. That's pick it. a campaign. Pick a, pick a strategy. My what do favorite, you want here? My favorite one is the uh, – it's not the gecko. I'm tired of the gecko. Yeah. Uh, well, the Australian gecko. And the caveman guys, it's like, enough already, okay? Yeah. About yeah. time to launch a TV show, right? Wrong. And um, so I guess I like the first guys. Well, and, you know, we were talking about this. This guy's an artist, and he, like I said, he's not he's an art, uh, a painter. Yeah. And uh, he's, I said, do you remember the old campaign? It was really good, had legs, people were using it in everyday life. It was, 
and he goes, what was that? And we're trying to struggle with it, and we ended up after five minutes. It was, uh, I could have saved 15% on my insurance or some line like that. They oh, were yeah, really I forgot u- about that one, yeah. Yeah, they were using that in, in pop culture, and they got off of that. And yeah. I think a great example of somebody that didn't get off that, uh, an advertiser, right. is the Vegas uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, with right. the, what happens in Vegas. And I think it was George, uh, George, um, um, you know what I'm talking about, our friend George. George Lois? Lois, yes, yes thank yes. you. The ad uh, art director, the uh, legend. George Zimmer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> him too, of course. But it was George that said, you know, if you can make your advertising and marketing campaign or your ad campaign and your slogan or whatever become a part of pop culture, that's when you know you've really come up with a great idea. Yeah, no kidding. What a, what a great idea. So I guess... Uh, Geico's trying three ways to get out there. <laughs> three strikes and you're out, or third time's a charm. Well, hopefully that's a charm. 27th uh, is the opening of the Simpsons movie, the big screen debut for the long-running television cartoon, which uh, loves to lampoon the 7-Eleven people, which have been mm-hmm. around for a long time, as a store that sells all kinds of unhealthy snacks, and it's run by a man with a thick Italian accent. Mm-hmm. Well, what, they're, what they've done is for the debut of the movie, they turned a dozen stores, into quickie marts uh and i'm maybe if you live in these cities you've seen them the fictional convenience stores of the simpsons fame uh basically what they're hoping the uh, it shows the ubiquitous chain has a trait seen in few corporations and that is the ability to laugh at themselves so look for those if you're in uh let's see new york city chicago dallas denver burbank los angeles henderson uh, henderson nevada that is orlando hmm. mountain view california seattle and good old bladensburg maryland you know, I always wanted to go there on vacation, but never had a chance. They have a golf course there, I guess. Really? I've never heard of that. No. Uh, so that's that's what's going on with the opening of the Simpsons movie. It's 7-Elevens, uh, at least a few of them have now become the quickie marts. I think that's pretty cool. You know, movies to promote themselves nowadays have got to figure out a new way instead of traditional television, and I guess that's what they're doing there. That's hit a home run. Absolutely yeah. right. Hey, uh, let's uh, take a moment and take a listen to Jeffrey Gittimer here on The Advertising Show. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Jeffrey, how can I get around a lower level person without making them mad? Hey, ever been blocked before? Pretty common problem in sales. It occurs for 2.5 reasons. You get an inquiry from some lower-level person directed by the boss to go on a scouting mission, find out the facts and prices, and report back to their daddy. You make a sales call on the lower-level person only to find out that they're an influencer, not a decision-maker, and they won't let you talk to their daddy. Reason number 2.5. You finally get to the person you think is the decision-maker only to find out that this person is not the decision-maker you may not even know who their daddy is. Lower level people have one mission, to protect their boss from salespeople. So how do you get around this lower level person? Never go to the lower level person. Here's a better answer. The easiest way to get around this low level person is to include them. That way they don't feel threatened. But there's a best answer. Get to the higher level person by using higher level information. You see, you have to go in with ideas that positively impacts your prospects' productivity and profitability. If you want to get to the real boss, 
you have to have real information, not product information. Once you get that meeting, you can get a decision. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. I like that. (laughs) It's uh, Jeffrey Gittimer with Ray Schillens and Brett Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Peter Krieg's about to join us out of Cape Cod this weekend. Peter is co-author of the book. It's called Your Gut is Still Not Smarter Than Your Head. And it... It's uglier to know. And uh, <laughs> Peter K- Craig is the president and COO of Copernicus Marketing Consulting. Been working with uh, Fortune 500, other leading brands, to grow their brand equity and uh, profit line for close to 30 years. Then he said, I want to write a book. Uh, he's been particularly involved with the international operations, working with brands to understand customers in markets around the globe. He's got uh, expertise in retail, travel and hospitality, adult beverages which he's enjoying right now in the green room. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, also B2B, also had some um, some uh, dealings with AutoZone, uh, Brahma, and Skull Beers. Now, we know beer. Skull Beers. Skull Beers. Do you, do you ever have a Skull Beer? No, I know Skull is that stuff I thought you put in your lip your between gum. your pinch and gum. You know, what you do deal. is you pinch a, pinch a drink of the uh, beer. and uh, yes. it, it's No, I don't know what that is. Well, I'll have to that's, ask him about that. I but anyway, yeah. that's a brand extension. Would it be? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But uh, also, uh, he said he had another book called Counterintuitive Marketing as well. But this one we're talking about, your gut is not smarter than your head. And that's the way it is. So we'll bring Peter on for a few segments here on the Advertising Show in just a moment with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back. Glad to have you on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. That, uh, that was the uh, Old Spice, the Old Spice thing that they brought back and are doing a good job of marketing it. And we've got uh, Peter Krieg as a special guest this weekend. Peter is actually in uh, Cape Cod uh, and uh, is, is promoting a new book. It's called Your Gut is Still Not Smarter Than Your Head. Peter, it is such a wonderful treat to have you here on the advertising show. Welcome. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, and uh, Peter, uh, just to jump right in here, who did you write this book for? Agencies, marketers, who? All the above. Everyone. All the above, and some relatives, too, who always wondered what I did. (laughs) So is that your way of being broad and general so that if anybody's not in marketing and advertising listening to this podcast around the world, they'll go to Amazon.com and buy a book? We hope they all do. But But obviously uh, we have a mission, and that mission is to uh, make the world safer for marketing. And so we hope all the chief marketing officers in America and around the world buy this book and keep it under their pillow at all times. So, so more for the marketer rather than the agency side? I would say yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. You know, in the uh, intro of your book, it says that you will show how blending intuition and judgment with research and reality uh, will always lead to superior performance. Aren't you suggesting the use of one's gut when you refer to intuition? And doesn't that contradict the title a little bit? Um, well, I don't know about contradicted. Where we're saying is, is uh, you need a balance of both things. I mean, gut and intuition we use interchangeably. 
and uh, we're not here to say those are bad things to use. You need to be creative. You need to be innovative. But if you don't balance that with some data and using your head and, and analyzing that data, that's when you run into problems. So, uh, and I think that's a, an outstanding point. What percentage do you think, and uh, just just your take on this, that marketers that uh, you estimate today rely more on instinct and intuition rather than solid, verifiable data to develop a marketing strategy? Gee, I've seen even surveys of marketing managers, and upwards of 60 to 80 percent will admit to making decisions fairly hastily, uh, based only on their experience, um, without doing any kind of homework, not interested particularly in the ROI, um, such as that. So it's, it's certainly at least 60, if not 80 or more, who are uh, doing what they've done for quite a few years, unfortunately, which is uh, shooting from the hip. Yeah, and you know, you and I must say, we, we don't have authors on the show unless we like their material in their book, and both Ray and I were speaking before we went on the air today that it's an outstanding read, and we do recommend the book. It's published by Wiley, a great publisher. We receive a lot of review copies from them, and it's a, uh, it's a worthwhile read, so we encourage you to check out Your Gut is Still Not Smarter Than Your Head and uh, check out what our author has to say today. You, you say that you believe that marketing is in serious trouble. Talk a little bit about that, Peter. Well, again, the, uh, it's not just anecdotal evidence. There's even hard numbers that uh, are published by a lot of different uh, sources, the Marketing Science Institute, IRI, Uni University of Michigan publishes data on customer satisfaction. Booz Allen, for years, has been publishing uh, uh, data on new product success rates. Um, and so from all of these sources, not just our own experience, the data comes in and it says, what, about one in ten new products, you know, is on the shelf next year? Uh, actually, maybe a little less than that now. Um, those same sources tell you, take an established brand and try and turn it around or pump some energy into it with some new campaign, and about 5% of those campaigns have any good ROI. Um, are, are we uh, work with a company often... Um, marketing management analytics they do a lot of marketing mixed models for major corporations and they re tell us now this is packaged goods that for every dollar you put in the typical campaign you'll get back 55 cents hmm. so these are the facts and you know i frankly think that that may be high at 55 cents it can be yeah well they, you know these are their clients and a lot of them <laughs> oh, well, of course. they, they got to be smarter than than many of the other clients so yeah probably yeah. being generous well you know we're going to talk a little bit about uh performance review that you recommend in your book and how you give suggestions on key marketing areas every company should identify to evaluate how well they're doing uh but before we do that let's imagine somebody's listening today oh before let's clear up this skull beer thing for ray Oh. What is that? Yeah, what is you don't chew beer? it. You don't chew it. I think <laughs> the tobacco is that case. Stick it up your nose. A L as an aside. Oh, okay. This is we, a this is a beer in Brazil. S K O L. Okay. And uh, it's, uh, you know we love Brazil. In fact, we have an office down there. That'll wow. be well. I'll do my next interview. But uh, and one of our clients is, was uh, the well, used to be called Cervejaria Brahma. It's now grown up to Ambev and then to Inbev. Hmm. And they're like the second biggest brewer okay. yeah. in the world now. But Skoll was one of their early on uh, successes that we were 
fortunate enough to be involved with back in the early 90s and went from was, a, was uh, that imported to the US no, no no in fact it's amazing it is actually should have been was for a time the number two individual brand of beer in the world you're kidding and it's only found in Brazil okay <laughs> hmm. that's I, interesting they must drink a lot of beer down there oh yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought I was good getting the uh, the uh, the Icelandic beer the uh, ringness special uh, ah. delivered here which is really really good by the way Brad Ringness. Yeah, well, we, we're big about sampling beer and talking about it. And then you mentioned Brazil. We're doing that is right it, now. Hold on wh- just a minute here. What's that? I said we're doing that right now. But oh, yeah, you're reaching over to yeah. get your beer. What a job you guys Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Brazil. I assume that it's because it's kind of, uh, you know, required, uh, you know, attire to have a Speedo on the beach there is why <laughs> Kevin doesn't go down there and you handle <laughs> affairs. Yeah, he kind of stands out there, you know, but... Uh, uh, I, I, I do my best. I blend it pretty well without really a speedo. Right without speed a speedo, please. Yeah, we we have a, a few minutes left here in this segment. Let's imagine somebody from the marketing side of uh, of of the client uh, that heads up a CMO position, which we have plenty to listen to this show regularly. How, how would one, if they found that maybe they are uh, tending to trust their their gut a little bit too often, how would they transition from a gut based marketing? Uh, approach to more of a data-driven approach to their... How do you get there? Well, you know, you certainly have to have a healthy appetite for uh, market research, for example, and, and you know, have a department that people respect and that's highly involved and not just a, you know, a rubber stamp, uh, you know, kind of operation. And in that department, they should be, you know, guiding everyone to at least... Uh, do the proper homework uh, at, at certain key decision points, beginning with targeting, for example, um, which, by the way, is, would seem to be the first thing you'd want to get right, and it's often the last thing people think about you know, doing their homework on. Wow. It's the part of the marketing plan which is often the, the weakest when, indeed, you, know, you would think knowing my customer, who is my target, would be the first thing you'd want to know. <laughs> if you get that Just- wrong... As uh, somebody once said to me, you know, every, if you're on the wrong train, every stop is the wrong stop. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, um, I'm curious, Peter, staying with the target. Don't, yes. don't ask that question because. No, we have to take a break. We do. Yeah. Yes. Silly commercials. Yeah. Peter Craig, our special guest. The, uh, the book is called Your Gut is Still Not Smarter Than Your Head. Uh, happy to have Peter for a couple more segments here. On the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Advertising Show being powered by Shippel.com. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. Want to get the word out? Uh, check out the, the program called Tendency, which really is a great assist in helping you do some great marketing on the Internet at Shippel.com. More with Peter and Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here. In uh, a little bit later on this hour, we still have uh, Patrick Meyer coming your way, too, as well, on the Advertising Show. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Do you know exactly how to read an 
Food that comes with instructions. Oreo cookies. What a great idea. Peter Kriegs, our guest on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Peter, welcome back. It's great to have you here. Enjoying it. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, you know, for us in the in the business of uh, advertising agency side of the business, I can't tell you how many times over our career that we've run into a situation where a client thinks they know who their target market is, and you conduct some research and come to find out that it's some something different than what they imagined it to be. How often uh, do you run into that yourself, Peter? And I know you've got a lot of uh, real-world examples of uh, of being able to share with our audience today about not only how important the target market is, which you just talked about late uh, in the last segment, but how important it is to really understand consumer insights and being able to zero in on who your customer really is. Oh, it's obviously, you know, fundamental. And, I mean, marketing could be defined as solving people's problems, uh, of course, at a profit. Um, but you got to know which people we're talking about. And, uh, you know, you go to meetings or you look at the reports, and it becomes patently obvious that they really don't have a good idea who that person is. And, uh, you know, if it's it could be as general as 18 to 59-year-old women, which is pretty much everybody. Or, you know, they describe somebody who looks like themselves. I mean, a lot of marketers just seem to want to, you know, sell things to their friends, you know. Um, or they'll do some research, which is, uh, you know, some needs-based segmentation, which is interesting, um, but oftentimes not all that helpful. Um, Lots of times people have needs or, or agree to things in surveys which really have nothing to do with what they buy. You know, so people will say in a survey, you know, I'm health conscious or I watch this in my diet or whatever, and then you go and you find those people are as likely to buy a hamburger as uh, Ray is. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've got to be real careful even when you do your research that uh, you're doing something that's valid um, and, you know, precise and really leads you to where the money is and and for you, your brand, your brand. I mean, lots of people do these studies and fail to find out which brands people really, you know, what predicts buying your brand, not the other guy's, my brand. And mm-hmm. oftentimes uh, that's what you'll try and guess and you'll get it wrong. You know, traditional consumer research has really come under a lot of fire lately in terms of the approach and there seems to be a lot of uh, I don't know a lot of criticism about your typical uh, focus groups for example and various other traditional ways of getting after consumer research that was very much accepted 20 30 years ago and today it's all about consumer insights and being able to really get into the mind of the consumer where do you come down on uh, traditional consumer research versus some of the more innovative things that are done with regard to the same thing. Well, I have to probably admit to being somewhat of a traditionalist and Philistine. Um, the new things are, you know, whatever, galvanic responses to, you know, attached to your fingers or put people under hypnosis and see if they, you know, get excited about something. Um, very interesting, but, you know, when we see the proof that it really works, then I'll listen more closely. And, uh, Whereas, and focus groups, you know, have been around obviously for many years and continue to be the uh, the favorite thing. I mean, the, the tricks that go on in the room are, are new and, and exotic, but it's still a focus group of eight people who get in a room and say stuff. And whether that's representative 
um, is always questionable. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the tricks look interesting and novel, but it's still a focus group, and, mm-hmm. uh, and which are not, you know, unhelpful. I mean, it's a good way to get some, you know, good ideas, um, but it probably would be, the, you know, the last step in judgment, but only a baby step in the direction of some real good research. And that's good research, meaning go out and get some numbers and, you know, do a good, do the right thing with sampling and do the right thing with measurement and really get the truth. And uh, and it, 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 it's, I think people do that less often than they did years ago. And because uh, groups are fun and it's exciting and it's interesting mm-hmm. and there's shrimp salad in the back <laughs> and, you know, and it's kind of fun. But, immediate uh, immediate gratification, immediate feedback, but yet sometimes uh, dominated by a few personalities that yeah, end up skewing things. the yeah all of those more, more than sometimes yeah more all than of those sometimes. things and nothing's changed there. Yeah. But yeah. you know, doing a survey is work. It's kind of painful. It's, it takes it seemingly takes a long time, and in our hyperspeed age, um, people often aren't willing to wait at all, mm-hmm. you know, for an answer. They're always willing to do it again and again, but they're never really to take, willing to take any time to get it right. And these days, it doesn't take much time with Internet interviewing and such. You can, you can do a survey at a fraction of the cost and time. Uh, you know, going back when we started, Kevin and I, 30 years ago, you know, everything was door-to-door, pen and paper, and that was a, that was a big production now. Yeah. And, and access to consumers through the traditional phone survey, that's pretty much dead, isn't it? And we're going to talk about that after the break. Good plan. We will uh, be back with you here in just a moment on the Advertising Show. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Our special guest is author, co-author of the book, Your Gut is Still Not Smarter Than Your Head. It's Peter Creek with Ray and Brad. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at AdAge.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at AdAge.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. B.J. Thomas. There's a whole new way of living. Pepsi helps supply the drive. Here it now. B.J. Thomas for Skull Beer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Peter Craig is our special guest to co-author of Your Gut is Still Not Smarter Than Your Head. By the way, we didn't give the website. I want to do that as well. It's yeah. useyourheadnow.com. Useyourheadnow.com. That's an easy one to remember. And, Peter, welcome back to the show. Thank you. 
And there's some great there, uh, great stuff there at that site, and uh, encourage you to go visit. Uh, yeah, we were talking about uh, the traditional phone survey before the break, and uh, am I am I correct in assuming with caller ID and the unfavorable reaction to disrupting people's personal time at home that the uh, the phone surveys DOA and that most people do go through the uh, internet surveys as you were mentioning. Well, the Internet has become amazingly popular. It's just incredible how it, the world has changed. I mean, I've I, I got to believe the paper companies are just, you know, seriously in pain. We used to have it on an office just filled with reams of paper, and now you can't find it anymore. Um, so, yeah, the web interviewing has, has really taken over. There's still a t- sometimes you need, you know, telephone interviews are appropriate. If you, if you don't want to talk to a 1,000 people, you know, sometimes a couple of hundred, then it's, you know, you just jump on the phone, and you still can get through, and people participate, and uh, it works. Now, nobody should think you know going and getting people's opinions is, is, is doesn't work anymore. It does. People like to tell you. Um, I don't feel anything's much different, and uh, in that sense, so it, it's still good good information. Well, at the, at the beginning of the interview, we mentioned that we were going to talk a little bit about your performance review idea that you have in your book, and you talk about ten key marketing areas every company should identify and evaluate. Uh, not that we want to go through all ten, but just kind of briefly take take us through uh, uh, that that uh, idea and how you came up with that idea and how how a company might go about that, Peter. Well, you know, it's pretty simple. Uh, and, you know, Fundamentally, we just talked about targeting, and, and, you know, that's the first place to start, which is do I have a clear target, and am I convinced that it's, do I have the hard data that tells me these are the people who can make me make me famous and, and profitable? Um, then you move on to what do I stand for? What's my positioning? And uh, unfortunately, more brands these days are just positioned in the marketing manager's mind, and but not in the minds of consumers, and that's easily figure outable you can just do a survey and find out how quickly or how few people um, you may be lucky and find out it's a few quite a few but really associate a clear message with your brand and uh, we did a survey a couple of years ago with major brands in America in about 40 different categories and on average about eight percent of consumers could tell you what this brand stood for any one of them and the rest was I'm not sure what they stand hmm. for yeah um, so that's a little tough. <laughs> You're not really doing a good job. If, and then you move on and look at your product, and, and uh, you know people want to tell you it's it's all about emotion these days. Yeah, things are emotional. I buy things, you know, because of the benefits, and some of those are, are emotional. But I get there through the tangible characteristics. Does it taste good? Hello, does it taste good? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, McDonald's got it right. I mean, a few years ago when they were in trouble, I think it was some security analyst. I love the quote. I think it was in the Wall Street Journal. Said it's not, it's not, it's not a mystery. It's got to taste good. Um, so you get the product, and pricing goes right with it. Um, you know, am I, am I priced in, in an optimal way? You know, and, and a lot of products aren't. And that's one of the most difficult things to guess on your with your gut. I mean, that's one of those where. Anytime you have a chance to study that price sensitivity, uh, there isn't a time when it isn't full of surprises, sometimes pleasant ones. In fact, oftentimes pleasant. You could be pricing it higher than you currently are, um, and people be willing to pay. It's not true uh, that people are all price buyers. In fact, category after category, we, we come back and show that, yes, there's a price segment, but it's never 
more than 30, 35% of the, of the market. The other 65 want to pay, would be glad to pay more for something of value. Then you go on and you should look at your communication strategy always. You guys love it. You know, I, when you have your little segment on bad advertising or bad advertising, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's metrics there, including still a good quantitative copy test to tell you the truth. And uh, to this day, uh, people continue to not do that kind of test and uh, not put their ad agency to task to produce blockbusters you know don't be don't be don't satisfied don't be satisfied with anything less and uh, unfortunately whatever these campaigns go out untested and uh, the returns come back which is nothing changed and uh, and that's probably some of the best money you could spend is on developing and testing multiple kinds of campaigns to find the best one people don't realize what a great deal that is in terms of the upside potential. On that note, Peter, I, I think we, we need to wrap up this segment, but I uh, want to say best of luck with your brand new book along with your co-author. Your gut is still not smarter than your head. And remember that website as well. It's uh, useyourownheadnow.com. It's Peter Krieg. And, Peter, it's been a pleasure having you here. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Thanks for Thank you, being Peter. on the Appetizing Show. We've got more coming your way in just a minute. Stay with us. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. In the world of jingles, that was the first jingle. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's a bold Pepsi spot. Great having Peter on the show today. Our co-author of Your Gut is uh, Still Not Smarter Than Your Head. Um, you know, and, and as he said before, it's, uh, that's kind of a, not a misleading title, but it, it, basically what he says, it's a balance. It's a balance. Trust your gut, trust your head, all that kind of good stuff. So mm-hmm. good stuff to go. We've got uh, Jeff Herman uh, coming up next week on the advertising show. Jeff is VP of Nielsen Wireless and Nielsen Games. Uh, and uh, speaking of games... This is interesting. Uh, advertising, uh, basically, this is on Media Week, uh, video games to become a $2 billion ad market by the year 2012. Hmm. $2 billion. Advertising in and around video games expected to grow exponentially over the next five years, then becoming a $2 billion market by 2012. Uh, the report, Electronic Gaming in the Digital Home Game Advertising, encompasses several forms of video game-related advertising, including product placement, which they do now, Banners in the online games, dynamically inserted ads in the uh, console and PC games, and even ads placed within the mobile games. And it's like, yeah, that's not a bad idea. It's actually a, a pretty doggone good idea. So look for that. And, you know, what's interesting is Jeff Herman, next week's guest, Vice President Nielsen Wireless and Nielsen Games, yes. is uh, going to be joining us. And that's in a perfect way of setting that plug up because, Ray, i got to tell you, this uh, I'm really looking forward to next week's show because Jeff's right. going to have a lot of interesting, uh, insightful things to talk about what's going on with uh, how they rate and provide data with uh, with Nielsen uh, Wireless as well as Nielsen Games and some of the more innovative things going on in, vi- in video game advertising today. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is the tactic is offering several unique advantages. And once again, uh, it's, it's, uh, it could be timeliness, 
scalability, measurability, and flexibility. He said that the industry will also have the address uh, have to address several looming challenges, including a lack of economy, lack of uh, industry standards, and media fragmentation. But that's nothing new. But I think it's a yeah. it's a great uh, opportunity. We have uh, let's see. Uh, yes, we do. Build a series is the name of uh, this one coming up here uh, with uh, Patrick Meyer on the advertising show. Let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Think back to when you were young and single and you were dating. Imagine if you dated someone and on the first night you learned everything about them. How boring would that be on the second date? Yet most marketers and their agencies continue to try and tell the entire story in one 30-second spot and never come back with chapters that continually unfold. So today what I'm going to talk to you about is building marketing episodes. The consumer wants you to deliver a never-ending story. Give them just enough with each episode to bring them into your brand wanting to explore and know more. So you need to create a marketing plan so that you've got four to six episodes across the year. One of our clients is Daimler Chrysler, and the brand is Dodge. So they came out with a great, very creative spot around Rock'em Sock'em. One of the Rock'em Sock'em robots takes on a Dodge Ram. But what we did with our client was to create a whole episode that was the follow-up. It was around what they call Truck Month. And everything was geared to reach out and touch people with the Rock'em Sock'em characters and then drive people to retail. We created a microsite that had a game that you came to. There was even a link between the microsite and YouTube with funny videos. And lastly, there was retail. Things that were happening in the dealership with inflatable Rock'em Sock'em characters and other things. So as you go forward, challenge yourself, challenge your team challenge your client to think a different way and build marketing episodes you've been listening to the marketing insider heard every week here on the advertising show join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing this is patrick meyer as your marketing insider and remember the revolution is now hey you want to know more go to nowing.net or send me an email at patrick at nowing.net Patrick is a lonely guy. He likes emails, and we wish you would send him something, okay? He's actually tried eHarmony. That did not work. He just wants an email, okay? True. And that's I'll right. send him one that's after the show. We, uh, we have uh, Jeff Herman coming up next week, as we said, Vice President, Nielsen Wireless and uh, Nielsen Games. What is that you're holding there? What is that? Well, it's a press release that I received the other day, and it just blows me away. Uh, apparently, departing uh, summer airline passengers this summer in six cities will be greeted by a cleaner, more efficient security checkout system, courtesy of Transportation Security Agency Pilot Program. And what it involves yeah. is these passengers will also be greeted by another surprise, and that's ads in the security bins. I don't know about you, Ray, <laughs> you gotta be but kidding. when you're passing through security at an airport, do you really want them reading ads in the security bins? I mean, come on, we need to get this line moving. So, an okay. advertiser, I'm not, I'm not saying you know buy it or don't buy it or this is good or not good. I mean, this is my personal opinion. Well, I think I can't, what, they ought to do on the floor advertising for socks <laughs> or shoes. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. if you could or get a corns. Maybe you could get a little kiosk right before the uh, right before you go through security, and you could sell slippers that were pre-approved and will not set off the machine. Something like that. Because it's so gross walking in on everybody else's feet. I can just see it now. Nail fungus a problem? Here's the answer. (laughs) 
That's on the other side of the security. On this side, you sell the slippers. On the other side, it's the antifungal for your toes. It's your foot massages or something like that. <laughs> it's a rather a dehumanizing process. It's a lovely age we live in. Although I'm happy about being alive in this age, that's fine. Well, that's true. But, uh, and where is Osama? They don't seem to know. Hello. Uh, find him soon, please. Thank you very much. Put, the, put Dog the Bounty Hunter on. <laughs> you know, he probably could find him pretty quick. Of course quick. he could. Advertising show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at age.com. Of course, visit us, too. The Advertising Show. It's a big Radio Midgets production.